0: joining us today here at Victory. At Victory Church, we are a community of authentic, spirit-led Christ followers transformed to walk in victory. Join us as we begin today's message. Man, any, is anybody glad in here the fact that they are no longer slaves because of Jesus Christ in our place? Is anybody, is anybody uh, unashamed to declare the name of Jesus in this house and the gospel and what he has done for us? The fact that we are no longer slaves, man. I mean, I love that song so much, and um, all those songs that we did um, today, just so powerful, and and that last song, and and the message, the fact that, guys, listen, we are no longer slaves, we are no longer slaves, we have a hope, we have a future, we have been redeemed, and it's all because of Jesus. I don't know about you, man. That that just makes me excited. Um, and I love too. At the end, we were talking about uh, how we're children of God, and all the kids started. Like, you could hear the kids in this place. And by the way, listen. If they get loud, that's okay. I'll just get a little bit louder. All right. It's it's cool. We'll just talk back and forth. So, but I love that. I thought that was really cool. You know, because that's, you know, that's how we sound to God. He's our, you know, we're His babies. You know, every single one of us. It doesn't matter what our age is. If you are a child of God, if you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross in your place, then you are his little boy or his little girl. It doesn't matter if you are one or just a couple months old or if you are over 100. You're his little boy, his little girl, and he loves you so much. And, man. Um, so if you're, if you're just now joining us, we've been diving into the book of Judges for the past several weeks. Um, last week, we, uh, we dove into the life of Samson. And uh, this week, by the way, we're going to be wrapping up the life of Samson. And one of the things that we quickly saw about this dude named Samson is this guy is out of control. He is an emotionally driven rebel with a capital R, man, just completely out of control. He does what he wants, when he wants, regardless of advice, uh, regardless of the repercussions, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He just does whatever he wants. And as a result of it, it leads him to do a bunch of dumb things. It leads him to do a lot of things that cause a lot of pain, a lot of heartache in his life but also in the lives of the people around him. And when it comes to this word rebel, like we think about rebel because that's what he was, you know, I think all of us probably know somebody that fits that picture, that fits a picture of a rebel. We think of somebody in our minds, you know, somebody that, that kind of goes against the grain of society, somebody that kind of, and sometimes we have a bad picture. We think, oh, that's a, that's a cool thing. That's a rebel, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody that goes against the grain of society. Uh, somebody kind of does what they want, when they want, Regardless of the repercussions, uh, regardless of the advice that they get from other people, they just don't care. And as a result, they do a lot of hurtful things. They cause a lot of pain, a lot of heartache in their life, but also in the lives of the people around us. And when we think of these people, I think all of us kind of either know somebody currently, know somebody in the past. Maybe you're somebody that's fit that description in your mind and your life before. But a lot of times we tend to think of these people or even say things like, oh, that's just how that person is. That's how that person is. That's how they've always been. You know, and we say something else like, you know what, they're never going to change. They they keep on doing the same dumb thing. They are never going to change. That's just how they are. And something else that we tend to think, we tend to say is, well, there's just no hope for that person. There is no hope for that person. They are beyond help. They're never going to change. They are beyond help. Don't even try. Don't even try. A lot of times that's what we say. That's what we think when we think about rebels people going against the grain of society doing whatever they want whenever they want but hear me on this the truth is that couldn't be further from the truth the truth is that could not be further from the truth because for one every single one of us is a rebel every single one of us is a rebel i mean you think about it that's the whole point of the gospel right the fact that we have rebelled against god that's the reason for jesus in our place that's the reason for the gospel Regardless of what we think, we, uh, all, every single one of us, because of sin, as a result of sin, are rebels. And number two, guys, listen, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter how far you've drifted from God, no, no matter how much you may think or the world may think that, that you are some kind of a rebel, listen to me, listen to me, you cannot outsin God's grace. That's our big idea today, you can't outsin God's grace. It's impossible, you can't do it. And that's what we're going to find out, especially as we keep on diving into the life of Samson today. The fact that, man, listen, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter how many bad decisions you've made, no matter how far you may have sprinted from God, listen, you cannot outsin God's grace. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this incredible message, this good news message, your gospel The fact that you have sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross in our place. And I thank you so much for the fact that this message is not about what we have done, what we can do. This is a message about what you have done for us. Because the truth is, we are completely incapable of doing anything on our own, of saving ourselves. So Jesus, I thank you so much for that. I pray that your name is exalted in this place, that no other name is exalted in this place other than your name. I pray that you just get me out of the way, that you get all of us out of the way, anybody that's up on the stage, anybody else as far as leadership in this church, and that you are the only one that is exalted in this place. Your name is the only one that is raised up and worshipped. Because this is all about you. And I thank you so much for this body of believers that you have put together. I I pray that you would perform the miracle of salvation today for anybody, and there may be several of us in this room today that have never responded to the gospel, that, that may have heard this message before, but have never actually responded to it. Holy Spirit, that this is, is only possible through your power. And I pray that you perform that miracle that only you can do and open eyes, open hearts and response to your grace. And I pray that as we, all, as, we, as we do every single week, I pray that you would draw us as Christians, um, every single one of us even that have already responded closer to you, that you draw things out of our life, maybe, maybe barriers in our life that have kept us from you or areas in our life that maybe need to be surrendered over to you. I pray that you would reveal those things and that you would help us step out in faith, trusting you and obeying you all the more. pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take over this sermon, you would take over this time. We thank you. We love you. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so um, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Judges chapter 16. Judges 16, or if you don't have the Bible, I've been kind of hitting on this for the last several weeks. We've got a church app. Thanks to our tech guru in the back, Josh, he's put a lot of really neat things together, so he he does a lot of work. Um, on this, and if you don't have that app, I highly encourage you to get it. It's available Apple or Android, so if you're like, dude, I forgot my Bible, or I forgot uh, something to take notes with, or maybe you just don't have a Bible, guess what? If you've got a smartphone, you can access it, all right? Um, so a lot of cool features on there. You've got the text in order in the same translation. Uh, you've also got a place to take notes. So, so as you're turning in your Bible to Judges 16, um, let me kind of bring us up to speed a little bit, okay, um, before we, we dive into the text. So if you remember last week, we, we left off with this emotionally driven rebel of a man named Samson going to this place called Gaza. Remember that? That's kind of where we left off, talked briefly about that. He goes to Gaza, and this is right after the, the whole incident with uh, the, jaw, the jawbone of a donkey. He kills a 1,000 people, right? He kills a 1,000 people with a, the jawbone of a donkey, these, these Philistine men that were there to, to literally take him captive, and it's not, he wasn't able to do this in his own strength. It was the strength of God that was working through him. And so he escapes that situation. And one of the things that, that I kind of talked about was like, man, you would think that at that point in time, especially after everything else that he has done and all the near-death experiences that he's, he's had and all the, the, the heartache, the pain that he's caused in his life and other people's lives, at that point in time, God just delivered him from a 1,000 people, right? It's like, dude, you'd think this guy would have a heart change, right? But no, no, because right after that, We see him at some point after it going to this place called Gaza. And something I didn't mention last week is Gaza was actually the capital city of the Philistines. The Philistines, if you remember, are the arch enemies. They are like the main enemies of the Israelites. The Israelites, they have a lot of enemies in this land called Canaan. Really, it's a result of the fact they didn't obey God. They didn't drive them out because God warned them, like, don't, you need to drive these people out, right? Otherwise, you're going to be oppressed. And he warned them, but they didn't listen. So as a result, they've got a lot of enemies. At this point in time, the Philistines are their main enemies. They've been oppressed by these people for 40 years. And so we see Samson doing these dumb things time after time after time, the thousand men that God delivers him from, goes to this place called Gaza, the capital city of the Philistines. And at first you're like, okay, why is this dude there? Like, is he, is he there to, you know, maybe uh, uh, defend the Israelites or maybe he's there to wage war? Maybe he's got an army with them or what's going on? Why is he in the capital city of their enemies? Well, here's the thing. He's in the capital city of the enemies. By the way, just so we understand too, it's also a semi-fortified city. So there's walls, uh, there's a gate. They're going uh, to have a lot of armed men there as well. He is surrounded and catch this. The only reason that he's there is to sleep with a prostitute. That is the only reason that he went to their capital city and he allowed himself to get walled in, literally surrounded by a bunch of the Philistine, like these people that hate him and want nothing more than to kill him, all so that he could sleep with a prostitute. I mean, this dude, his emotionally driven lifestyle has now led him literally to become a sex addict because this guy is out of control. He, he just he, It's not even that he can't stop, although he can, it's the fact that he doesn't Want to? He doesn't want to doing whatever he wants, whenever he wants. So he goes to the city, allows himself to get surrounded. They want to kill him. Also, he can sleep with this prostitute he waits until nightfall, right, and, and, and maybe they're kind of dispersed a little bit, they can't see as much, he's able to kind of escape, he goes to uh, the main city gate, and you would think at this point in time, it's like, okay, dude, you got out, you shouldn't have been there, that was really dumb, somehow you got out with your life, you need to run for the hills, bro, like, you need to get out, you're gonna, you're gonna die, right, like, run, but, but no, what does he do, what does he, he goes up to the city gate, and he takes the time, and we need to think about this, like, He takes the time, because this takes time, to literally lift up. Like, he just pulls out of the ground their city gate, because remember, he's, he's blessed with supernatural, like superhuman strength. He pulls the gate up out of the ground, along with the gate post. He puts it on his shoulders, and he marches miles and miles and miles up to the top of this mountain with their gate on his back. Crazy. Like, this dude, with his actions, is literally laughing in the face of his enemies, He's laughing in the face of his own sin, because remember, the only reason he went there was to sleep with a prostitute. And he's also laughing in the face of death. He thinks he can do what he want, when he wants. He thinks he's untouchable. He's unstoppable. And check out what happens next. This is where we're gonna pick up today. Judges 16, starting with verse four. It says, sometime later, he fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the Sorek Valley. Okay, so, so first off, some time later. Some time has passed. Again, this dude has done a bunch of dumb things. He keeps on barely escaping death with his life, right? And he's causing a lot of pain, a lot of heartache. So some time has passed. And you would think after all the dumb things this dude has done that maybe he would wise up. Maybe would actually start maturing a little bit, do a little soul search, and it's like, dude, everything I touch, like, I mean, just completely gets destroyed, right? All my relationships, the people that, uh, you know, are closest to me, they end up getting hurt, like, this is not a good thing. You'd think he'd start, like, thinking about this and, like, dude, I I can't do this. Like, God, I need to surrender my life over to you. I can't do this. I'm messing everything up. But no, no. Like, especially as we keep on diving into the story, what we're going to find out, it's actually the opposite that's true. Like, instead of progressing, this guy has actually digressed. He's gone backwards, if that's even possible. And again, as we keep on diving into the text, what we're going to find out is this guy is now at kind of the, um, just the climax of his struggles. I mean, it is worse than ever. He has gotten even worse, if that's even possible. And he's now with another woman with another woman he's going from woman to woman to woman he is out of control by the way she's also a philistine woman he's a, she's a philistine woman right there are enemies every woman that he goes to it's not just that he's going to women like woman after woman after woman. he's going to the philistine women and we talked about last week If you remember, before he was born, um, the angel of the Lord, a.k.a. Jesus Christ, when you see the angel of the Lord, that reference in the Old Testament, that's pre-incarnate Jesus. Jesus shows up on the scene, and he delivers this speech to his mom before Samson's born, and it kind of parallels that story of of Jesus, I'm sorry, Gabriel going to Mary before Jesus is born. Like, you're going to have a son, he's going to save his people, right? And it's very similar, but the thing is, Samson was going to save his people from who? Who's he supposed to save his people from? The Israelites, from the Philistines. He's supposed to be saving them from the Philistines. But is he saving them? No. What is he doing? He's sleeping with their women. He's literally sleeping with their women. He has, he's not doing anything to help anybody. He is destroying everything that he touches. And that rather than saving his people from the Philistines, the people that have oppressed them for 40 years, he is sleeping with their women. He's completely out of control. But, but he's not just sleeping with this woman. What else does the text say? He ends up doing what? He falls in love with her. This dude falls in love with a Philistine woman. Or at least he thinks he's falling in love with her as much as he possibly can. Because the truth is, he's actually proven time and time again that this dude is incapable of fully loving anyone except himself. He is incapable of fully actually loving, with no strings attached, anybody but himself And what we're going to find out through this story is Samson is actually just using Delilah to get what he wants, just like she's about to use him to get what she wants. Why is that? Why is that? It's because every single one of us, not just Samson and Delilah, every single one of us are selfish, sinful people that are honestly incapable of fully loving the other people around us as we are as we are apart from the grace of God. Every one of us, including Samson and Delilah. We have to remember, man, listen, God is love. God is love. So, so God is not defined by love. Love is defined by God. Why? Because he is love, and we got to wrap our heads around that. So, so it's only when we are filled with the love of Jesus Christ, when he has, he has filled us, but then he is also flowing through us, it's only then that we are honestly able to love the other people around us Catch this with no strings attached. It's only when we are filled with the love of Christ that is in us, fills us, and then flows through us. But Samson isn't filled with the love of God, is he? Who's he filled with the love of? He's filled with the love of himself. So you may think that he loves this girl maybe to the best of his ability, but really, this guy's incapable of really loving anyone except for himself. Let's keep on going in the story, verse 5. It says the Philistines. Uh, I'm sorry, the Philistine leaders went to her, talking about Delilah, and said, "Persuade him to tell you where his great strength comes from, so we can overpower him, tie him up, and make him helpless. Each of us will give you one thousand one hundred pieces of silver." So Samson's past is catching up with him in a really really bad way. It's about to come up and bite him in the butt. And it's not the first time that's happened. There's a lot of different episodes where this is his past has come up to haunt him, right? But this is like, this is the worst of all. Because these leaders that are coming up to this woman, Delilah, they're not just like these, these little town leaders, right? This is not like lower echelon of leadership. These are like the main upper echelon head honcho leaders within this entire nation, you know, of the Philistines, right? So they're like, they're so done with Samson. He's caused so much trouble. He has killed tons of their people. He killed a thousand of their people just in one instance. And he killed others as well. So much of their blood on his hands. He's making a mock of them. Remember he, he tricked them. He had to do doing this thing where he tied a bunch of foxes together and lit things on fire, like a pyromaniac. This dude's out of control. They want him gone. So they're like, we're going to take care of this on our own. We're going to, we're going to go to this woman. They know he's the talk of the town now. It's obvious Samson has an issue with with women. He's out of control with a lot of things, mainly with women. So they go up to the Lila and they say, Look, we, we're gonna make you filthy rich. And notice it said every one of them, each of them was gonna give her one thousand one hundred pieces of silver. Which that alone, just one person giving her that, that is loads of money. Like so they are gonna make her filthy, stinking rich. But not only she's not just gonna get rich, she's also gonna be famous. Like this girl would be like, I mean, the talk of the town. She would be a, a national icon because she would be the one that helped them to take down Samson. So the very first picture that we get of this woman, Delilah, is the fact that she is so obsessed. She's so consumed with fortune and fame. that catch this. She's willing to sell out her own body to get it. She's willing to sell out her own body for nothing more than fortune and fame. And when we think about that, we kind of cringe. It's like, man, that's horrible, right? That's, why would she do that? But here's, here's, the, here's the truth. Here's the hard truth, man. We do it for a lot less. We do it for a whole lot less. We do it for a quick fix, a quick, you know, feel-good moment, you know, got to get my fix in, one-night stand. We do it for a whole lot less than even what Delilah did. And it just raises the question, like, why? Why is this woman doing this? Why, why do we find ourselves doing this? And the short, simple answer is, man, that's what sin does. It makes us dumb. It makes us do dumb things. Like things that we would have never dreamed of doing in the past. Like, I will never do I can't believe that person's, I would never do that. And all of a sudden, we start itching closer and closer and closer. And the things that we thought we would never do in life, All of a sudden, they become easier and easier and easier as we are blinded by our own sinful, emotionally, impulsively based lifestyle, just like Delilah. And then check out what happens next, verse six. It says, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me, where does your great strength come from? And and check out this last part. Check out what she says. How could someone tie you up and make you helpless? Okay, so I want us to think about that. Like, like just think about the question she just asked. I'm going to read this again. How could someone tie you up and make you helpless? Like, listen, I'm, I don't pretend to be a genius, okay? I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. If you were looking for a church, the pastor's a genius. I'm sorry. I'm, I hate to just, you know, to, to um, bust your bubble, but I'm not. But here's the thing, man. When I read this, it's like, dude, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that this woman is up to something. Like, even if we didn't have the text before that told us that she was brought, where they asked her to do this, even if we didn't have that, all you got to do is look at the question that she asked him. She, I mean, like, like literally, dude, it doesn't, it doesn't get much more obvious than this. I mean, she's going up to this dude like, hey, baby, hey, baby. Man, you are so strong. Like, how did you do all that? Like, you've done a lot of crazy things. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, you were so strong. How did you take down a 1,000 guys with the jawbone of a donkey? Like, man, that is crazy. Like, how did how, you get so strong? What, what's the source of your strength? And, and by the way, just in theory, just, just theoretically, you know, if somebody, some, oh, yeah, don't worry that I'm a Philistine. Don't worry about that. But if somebody in theory wanted to come up, they wanted to, like, make you weak, I don't know, you know, tie you up and take you captive, you know, just in theory, how would they do that? What? Like, dude, just read it. That's. I mean, look. If you are with somebody, okay, husbands, wives. If you're with somebody, you know, got a boyfriend, girlfriend. They come up to you and they start asking you weird questions, like, "Hey, what would be the best way to, like, I don't know, kill you and take you everything that you have from you?" You you might want to get out of dodge, okay? That that's not a good thing. That is a red flag, right? Like this, dude. It's pretty obvious. Pretty obvious. You don't need like a daggum doctor to see that this dude needs to get out of dodge. This woman is straight. Evil, she's straight evil. But check out what this emotionally driven rebel Samson does. Um, this is verse seven. Samson told her after she's just asked this crazy question, very blatantly obvious. Um, Samson told her, "If they tie me up with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I will become weak and be like any other man." Wow. So Samson. It's just asked this question by this girl, this evil woman, very obviously trying to take her down. It does not take a rocket scientist to see this woman is up to something. Again, even if we didn't have the text before, where we were able to look into the past and see what happened, just the question alone, it's like, dude, red flags need to be going up. But what's Samson doing? This dude is really one or two things most likely. He is either just completely oblivious. It's like somebody just done slapped him with a stupid stick. I don't. I don't know. You know, he's either completely oblivious and in denial. It's like, no, my girl would never do that. What are you talking about? She just wants to know how to, like, you know, take me down and make me weak and take me. It's, like, it's all good. Like what? But you know, either that or most likely, most likely, what's going on is Samson just doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's been calloused. He thinks he can get away with whatever he wants. He doesn't care, and he's treating this as though it's a game. It's nothing more. Then again to him, and then check out what happens next. Verse eight. The Philistine leaders brought her seven fresh bowstrings, does this sound familiar? That had not been dried, and she tied him up with them. While the men in ambush were waiting in her room, she called out to him, Samson, the Philistines are here. But he snapped the bowstrings as a strand of yarn snaps when it touches fire. The secret of his strength remained unknown. Then Delilah said to Samson, you have mocked me and told me lies. Won't you please tell me how you can be tied up? Okay, okay. So this girl, again, very blatantly obvious. She's up to something. Some, this is crazy. This dude, treating this like it's a game, tells her, okay, you know, he just lies to her. Oh, yeah, baby, if you just do this over here, you know, tie me up these little bowstrings, you know, that'll make me weak. I'll be helpless and somebody could take me captive. And then randomly, he ends up in the exact same scenario, okay, like, hello, this doesn't take a rocket scientist, same scenario, and then at the same time, after he's tied up, the way that he said it would make him weak and they could take him captive, people literally bust in to take him captive. Like, again, dude, I mean, if you didn't realize this before, man, this is crazy. Like, this is insane. Samson, you need to run for your life. This woman is crazy. She is evil with a capital E. But as you read through this story, man, it's just crazy because this keeps on happening time and time and time again. And and when you really like read it, you don't just skim through it. You're like, Samson, what are you doing? How do you not recognize what's going on? This is crazy. Check out what happens next. Verse 11, he told her, this is Samson, after all of this just happened. If they tie me up with new ropes that have never been used, I will become weak and be like any other man. Guys, don't miss this. Samson is still treating this like it's a game. It's nothing more than a game to him. He is so blinded by his own emotionally, impulsively based lifestyle that he doesn't even know what the truth is anymore. He doesn't even care what the truth is, really. Because in his mind, he makes his own truth. He does what he wants when he wants. And in his mind, he is completely untouchable. Nobody can stop him, which is why he thinks he can get away with whatever he wants to get away with. And then this game continues back and forth, back and forth between Samson and Delilah. The exact same scenario keeps on going. She keeps on asking. It's pretty much the same question. How can somebody make you weak? How can somebody tie you up? Essentially, hey, how can somebody take you captive, right? And, and then the same, he feeds her a lie, the exact same lie he just fed her. He ends up in that same situation. And then dudes bust in to literally take him captive. He busts out. They find out it's a lie. This keeps happening over and over and over again. It happens three times. Three times this entire scenario is played out. And Samson is still with this woman. He's still with her. And then check out what this evil, evil lady does next. Verse 15. Delilah says, how can you say I love you, she told him, when your heart is not with me? This is the third time. Again, this happened three times. You have mocked me and not told me what makes your strength so great. So Delilah is now using Samson's own infatuation, his so-called love for her, against him. And, And what's really interesting about the fact that Samson loves this girl, we read about that in the text. We saw it before. But notice there's nothing in this text that says Delilah loves Samson back. Did you catch that? There's nothing that even says she cared about him. Why is that? Because she didn't. she didn't. She didn't love this guy. She didn't care for him. All she was doing was drawing him in, luring him in more and more and more. She was distracting him. She was trying to make him weak, weaker and weaker ultimately so that she could bind him up. That's what this girl wanted to do. She didn't care about him. She wanted to bind him up. And guys, that's exactly what our own sinful, fleshly nature, along with our unseen enemy, very real unseen enemy, Satan and his demons want to do to us. kind of used this illustration before. Where Satan, our, our very real unseen enemy, Satan and his demons, our own sinful, fleshly nature. A lot of times we give Satan a little bit too much credit. Can we be honest about that? A lot of times we do. We give him a little bit too much credit. A lot of times we are our own worst enemies, right? We are, and... What happens is our sinful flesh, Satan and his demons, they use different things to try to kind of bait us in. Things that appeal to us. And, and we have God-given needs that are real needs, right? These real needs, but they try to appeal, appeal to us, give us this illusion, this facade that they will meet our needs. That they will give us that satisfaction that we long for, that, that hope that we long for, that stability that we long for. And it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It could be a relationship. It could be finances. It could be power. It could be a job, career, goals in life. It could be addiction, whatever. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what it looks like on the outside because this is just the means to the end. And we get lured in more and more and more. The closer that we get, the weaker that we get. They drain us. They suck us dry of everything that we have. And ultimately, we get to the point to where they completely bind us completely bind us up, just like Delilah wants to do with Samson. And what's really interesting in this situation, in this story, is that Delilah keeps on asking essentially the same question. It's essentially the same question. She keeps on asking over and over and over again, pretty basic. Hey, what can somebody do to make you weak? What can somebody do to bind you up in ult- order to ultimately take you captive? Right? That's what she keeps on asking him over and over and over again. What we have to understand, guys, is that she's asking him that. It's not so much how can that happen, it's really the fact that she's asking for his permission to make him weak and to bind him up, which is exactly what the struggles The hardships, the uh, 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 temptations in our life that we face, that's what they do. What they are doing is they are giving us a facade, an illusion that they're going to meet some need in our life. And it looks uh, attractive to us. right? It, It looks attractive. It looks like something, oh, like this could be great. And they are essentially asking us for our permission to draw us in closer and closer and closer in order to make us weak, in order to drain us, and then ultimately in the end, in order to bind us, they're asking our permission, and the more that we give into them, the more that we are giving them permission to do exactly that, drain us dry, suck us dry, and hold us captive, and then the story with with Samson, what's this dude doing, he's treating it like it's a game, it is nothing more than a game to him, he's not just dancing on the line, this dude is sprinting as far past the line as he possibly can, he thinks, oh man, I'm, I'm in control, I got this? What you talking about? Like, dude, have you seen the things I've done? I took down a 1,000 men. I've escaped Gaza. They couldn't do anything. I even ripped their gate out of the, you know, out of the ground. I took it up miles and miles down the road, up, up on a mountain. I've done all kinds of things. I can do whatever I want. I'm in control. This girl can't get nothing from me, right? I know what I'm doing. It's okay. You know, I'm, I'm not going to give in. I can stop whenever I want. I can stop whenever I want. Does that remind us of anything? Maybe ourselves maybe ourselves, and how we, how we lie to ourselves, and we do these things, it's like, okay, I know I probably shouldn't be doing this, I know I probably shouldn't be in this relationship, I know I probably shouldn't be, you know, taking this money on this. side, I know I probably shouldn't be looking at this pornography over here, I know probably, I mean, all these different things, and we, we know we probably shouldn't do it, and we go up right next to the line, I'm just going to peek a little bit, we go up right next to the line, we come back. And then we get further and further. We start dancing on line. It's like, it's not a big deal. I'm still in control. I got this. And then before we know it, we get closer and closer. We start sprinting past the line. We keep on going farther and farther past it. We think, I'm in control. It's okay. I can stop whenever I want. I can stop whenever I want. But the reality is, guys, usually we don't. Usually we don't. And neither does Samson. He doesn't stop. He thinks he's in control. He thinks he can stop. But he keeps on going. And unbeknownst to him, what he doesn't realize is the more that he keeps on going, the more that he keeps on sprinting past this line, thinking he's in in control, thinking he can stop, the closer and closer and closer that he gets sucked into her trap. The weaker that he becomes, she may not have his strength yet, but she's definitely drawing him in more and more and more until we get to the end of verse 16 where it says that she wore him out she wore him out in other words at this point this guy is in complete surrender he's not even trying to fight it anymore he's not playing a game anymore he's not trying to fight it he's not acting like he's in control he's not acting like he can stop he's at the point where he's like he's, he's in complete surrender he tells her everything that she wants to know. What do you want to know? I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you exactly what you want to know. What he's essentially doing is bowing his knee to her and worshiping her as his idol, as his God. Here I am, I'm all yours. This is what you need to do to make me weak. This is what you need to do to bind me. You have full permission. All four, all for one more One more night with Delilah. One more night with his idol. And then check out what happens. Verse 21. It says, The Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza. Remember Gaza? He's back there. Bound him with bronze shackles, and he was forced to grind grain in the prison. But his hair began to grow back after it had been shaved. Now the uh, Philistine leaders gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to their god, Dagon. They rejoiced and said, Our God has handed over our enemy Samson to us. When the people saw him, they praised their god and said, Our God has handed uh, over to us our enemy who destroyed our land and who multiplied our dead. When they were in good spirits, in other words, they were drunk at this point in time, they said, Bring Samson here to entertain us. So they brought Samson from prison, and he entertained them. They had him stand between the pillars. So at this point in time, this picture that we get of Samson, he is in the deepest, darkest, nastiest pit that a man could possibly be in. This is the epitome of hell for this man. Like death would be several times better for Samson than the situation that he is now in. He's not only been stripped of everything that he has, he's been stripped of his power. He's been stripped of any confidence that he has. His, his eyes have been gouged out. He is now imprisoned by his, his enemies. And if you think they're treating him nicely, you might want to go back and read the story. These, these people are probably treating him horribly in this prison. But he's not just a prisoner. What else are they making him do? He's a public spectacle. They are literally, his enemies are using him as nothing more than entertainment. Hey, Samson, why don't you do a little dance for us over there? Oh, you're so strong. Come on, why, why can't you snap those chains? This guy is in hell. It cannot get any worse from him. and That's what we have to see. And it looks like from the outside looking in that there's no hope for this guy. It looks like there's no hope. This guy is going to die in this prison. They're probably going to like suck him dry. They're probably going to just use him to entertain people and, and, and mock him as much as they possibly can, and then they are going to kill him, and there's nothing that he can do to stop him. He's going to die in his own self-made hell. There's nothing that can be done. From the outside looking in, that's what it looks like. But a lot of times, man, have you, have you read these stories in the Bible Or you heard of stories in the Bible where maybe it's a person or or it's like an army and they're surrounded by, you know, another army. The Israelites are surrounded by an army and it looks like all hope is lost. It looks like nothing can happen. These guys are dead. They are done for. They are surrounded. There is no hope, right? Or or you think about like a testimony. Maybe it's a testimony you've heard from someone else. Maybe it's even your own testimony, right? These, These testimonies of people. It's like, dude, I was in a deep, dark pit. It could not get any worse. I lost everything. Like, I was at the brink of, of death. I was, you know, maybe it's a, just severe depression. Maybe it's just other struggles, relationship issues. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe I'm on the verge of suicide, which, by the way, my former senior pastor, that was actually part of his testimony. And he wouldn't mind me saying that because he said it publicly a lot, actually. He was literally, he had the gun in his car that day, that day, was going to commit suicide. And then we hear these stories. We read them in the Bible. We hear these stories practically even in our everyday life. Maybe you have a story like this. And it's like all hope was gone. I was in this deep, dark pit. It was over. There was no hope from the outside looking in, from the world's perspective. And then you hear the word but. Then you hear the word but. But God. But God. Because hear me on this. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you have drifted from God, no matter how many dumb decisions you've made in your life, you cannot outsin God's grace. You cannot outsin God's grace. And as long as you have breath in your lungs, hear me on this, He is still fighting on your behalf. He is still fighting on your behalf as long as you have breath in your lungs. And even though Samson kept making these dumb decisions, dumb decision after dumb decision, drifting as far away, sprinting in the opposite direction from God, he essentially looked at himself as God. Because listen, Samson kept on being unfaithful to God, but notice God was never unfaithful to Samson. Not once. Not once was he unfaithful to him. And you read all these stories, and it's like, dude, this guy is in sin. He's doing all these horrible things. He's killing people. What is going on? And yet God is still protecting him. He's still providing him. He was still faithful to Samson, even when Samson was unfaithful to him. Why is that? I'll tell you why. It's because when God declares a promise over your life, not only, not even you have the power to break that promise. When God declares a promise over your life, not even you have the power to break that promise. And so if you remember, what did the angel say? The angel of the Lord said to Samson's mom that he would be a Nazarite to God from birth, right? A Nazarite to God from birth. Well, we have to understand that was not based on what Samson would do. That was based on what God had already done. The promise that he had already declared over his life. And the same thing is true when it comes to the gospel. Man, listen, the gospel, Jesus in my place, that's the gospel in four words. It's not about what you have done or what you could do. It's about what Jesus Christ has already done on the cross in our place. And when Jesus, when God declares promises over our life, like, for example, you know, when it comes to salvation, if you would just call out on the name of, of Jesus, if you would repent and call out in the name of Jesus, not in perfection, but just in obedience, you know, that he is going to save you, or if you, the promises that he makes that he's going to bless our life, He's going to provide for you, that he will always be there for you, that nothing could ever separate you from his love, that he does have a good plan for your life. He has a hope and a future for your life. Listen to me. Nothing in this world, not even you, can break that promise that he has declared over your life. You can't. You don't have the power to, which is why in this story, even in the middle of chaos, in the middle of the lowest, darkest pit, when it looks like from the outside looking in, from the world's perspective, there's no hope for this guy, verse 22, we hear the word, but, but, his hair began to grow back, why, because God is always faithful, he is always faithful, and he's not finished with Samson yet, and hear me on this, as long as you have breath in your lungs, God is not finished with you yet either, he's not finished with you yet, let's keep going in the story, we're going to end with this, verses 26 through 30, So samson said to the young man who was leading him by the hand lead me where i can fill the pillars supporting the temple so i can lean against them the temple was full of men and women all the leaders of the philistines were there and about three thousand men and women were on the roof watching samson entertain them he called out to the lord lord god please remember me strengthen me god just one more time with the act of vengeance let me pay back the philistines from my two eyes Samson took hold of the two middle pillars supporting the temple and leaned against them, one on his right hand and the other on his left hand. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. He pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the leaders and all the people in it. And those he killed at his death were more than those he had killed in his life. Guys, even in the middle of complete chaos, when it seemed like all hope was lost, God was still fighting on his behalf. Even though Samson was unfaithful to God, God was never unfaithful to him. He was never unfaithful to him. And no matter how far this man may have drifted from God, he could never outsin God's grace. He could never outsin his grace. All the bad decisions that he made, all the all the blood that was on his hands all the heartache that he caused. Guys, listen, he this guy, the, the amount of deaths that he caused was, uh, I mean, more than like Charles Manson, Ted, Ted Bundy, all these guys combined. This guy had drifted so far from God, but listen to me, he could not outrun God's grace. He could not outsend God's grace, and neither can you. Neither can you. No matter what you've done in your life, no matter what may be going on in your life, even right now, listen to me, it doesn't matter what you've Done. What matters is what he has done in your place. That's what matters. And as the worship team comes up, I'm going to encourage you guys to come on up. I want to end by just encourage encouraging you to just respond to whatever it is that God is putting on your heart. And we're going to have a prayer team up here. I'm actually going to encourage the prayer team. We don't always do this, but I'm going to encourage them to come up here in just a moment as we start the song. We're going to have a couple of people up here and And they're there for you to to ask questions if you have questions about the gospel like what is the gospel what does this mean who is jesus like what is this salvation thing how do i do what is this about if you have questions man this is the place to ask there are no dumb questions in this place we want to be a place where people can come you can ask these questions because we know that if you don't ask them here you can ask them out there and we want to be a place that is open and asking questions and listen no matter where you're at in your life as long as you have breath in your lungs, God is not finished with you yet. He is still fighting on your behalf. He is just waiting. He's standing there with arms open wide. The, the word tells us that He is standing at the door and He's knocking. He's waiting patiently and He's knocking. He's waiting for you to respond. He loves you so much. It's not about what you can do or what you have done, it's about what He has done in your place. And for those of us that are believers, followers of Christ, I say this often a lot of times we just kind of narrow the response down this response time down to just salvation which is so important it's so crucial but that's not it that's not the only response that God calls us to he is making and molding us more and more and man I don't know about you but I am thankful that God is not finished with me yet I am thankful that there is still some more growth that I am not the man that God uh, ultimately is going to make me into he still has some more work to do and I don't know about you but I want him to continue that work that he began in me So this is a response for every single one of us, no matter what that is in your life. Man, listen, just respond. Respond to him. As we stand and sing, I'm gonna go ahead and encourage you guys to stand. We're gonna sing one last song. Again, we'll have a praise team up here. I'm sorry, they're already up here. We're gonna have a prayer team up here, rather. If you have questions, prayer requests, please come up. Whatever God's putting on your heart, don't wait. Don't wait, he loves you. As we sing, you respond. Guys, first off, I just wanna say thank you for joining us today for the sermon. And uh, whether you're somebody that's come to our church, or you're somebody that lives locally, you go to another church. Maybe you don't even live here. Um, I just want I just want to say first and foremost, thank you for joining us. And uh, I want to encourage you to to respond in some way today, because you know when we hear a sermon, when we read the Bible, when we um, whatever it may may be, the point of that is. Um, for God to speak to us in some way, shape, or form. And so if you are a Christian, um, you've been a seasoned Christian, you know the Lord already, then the way that we can respond is just by, you know, asking Him, God, what do you want me to do with the convictions that you're giving me? Uh, based on this sermon, the way that you're speaking to me, what do you want me to do? And then respond to that. Maybe it's an area of your life that you've been holding on to um, and, and you haven't been giving it to him. But I want to encourage you to give that to him and step out in faith. Or maybe if it's um, you know some unbelief that you've had and and God has really convicted you of some things. Um, you know, whatever it may be for you, it's different for everyone. I want to encourage you to respond to God and, and step in His direction. And, and the other thing too is, if if you are somebody that maybe you've listened to this and you've never responded to that gospel message, you've never been, been impacted by that gospel message, but now something is happening. God is kind of stirring in your heart and in your mind a little bit. Then I want to encourage you to step out in faith, respond to that gospel message. And throughout the book of Acts. Um Acts tells us our history as a church. Uh, it shows us that you know what that response looks like. So number one is to repent. And this word repent, all that means is just to turn from, you know, our sinful ways, our sinful desires, you know, turn from making ourself God and all these other things in life, God, and turn to God and just give him our life. Um, and, and then on top of that response, after the repentance, that comes something else it's called baptism and, and baptism is so key it's so important it's seen all throughout um, that book and acts and and the importance and significance of it um, it's the symbol of death to the old self and, and then um, birth to uh, this new life in Christ and we're we're, we're uh, we die with Christ to the old self and we are raised with Christ to, to walk in this new life And it's a command from Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if you have made that commitment to Christ, if you have stepped out um, and you are wanting to follow Christ, then I want to encourage you to take that next step and be baptized somewhere. Whether it's if you have a local church that you want to go be baptized at, I encourage you to do that. Um, If you don't have a church, we would love to be able to celebrate that with you um, here. But I encourage you, first and foremost, to do that, to to talk with someone, um, to get counsel on what this means, to seek discipleship as well. So. Uh, I encourage you to do those things. We would love to talk with you. We are praying for you. I want you to know that you are loved and you are prayed for. So if you're ready to take that next step in your relationship with Christ, um, and if you want to take that next step with us, then we, are, we, we would welcome you with open arms. And so there's some links that we're going to provide below for you. Uh, please check that out. Um, and again, if you, if you have any prayer requests, um, please contact us. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you. And we're excited about taking this next step with you.